Go. Hey, you're listening to the Rush the Bus podcast. I'm Pete. And I'm Julie. We're both paramedics. We're partners and we work in Brooklyn. And we love hearing other EMS folks tell their stories and what it's like to work in their system. Thanks so, for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Echo Rush the Bus behind the 44 Case Avenue. I have 750 Case Avenue. So, uh, all right, it's recording. Good morning. Or Good morning. Afternoon to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Time difference. So this is uh, um, Julie, Pete, and Donnie from Donnie. the Netherlands. <laughs> yep. So tell us, tell us who you are. Well, I'm we Donnie. Couple, like, we have to... Yeah, uh, I'm Donnie from Sorry. the Netherlands, <laughs> and I'm a, a as we call it, ambulance nurse. Because uh, they don't have a paramedic system over here. And I work in EMS for 16 years now. And I still love it. As All most right. of us do. I reckon. Right. <laughs> Let I me get the, uh, the cursory questions that I've had for weeks thinking about this. So you're Dutch. Yeah. Do you have wooden shoes? Oh my God. Uh, not the wooden kinds, but I have clocks. Yeah. Really? Okay. Right. <laughs> Intriguing. You live in a windmill. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I wish that okay. there are beautiful buildings, monuments, actually. Oh yeah. wow! And how many bikes do you own? Uh, we have. Uh, I have actually have two bikes: one electric uh, assisted bike and one uh, normal bike. All right. Do you ride and your you bike ride to work? And uh, if the weather permits, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Because All right. Holland, the Netherlands is also a wet country. And, uh, uh, one moment it can uh, hail and storm, and the other moment you uh, you have, well, it's, I have to calculate to Fahrenheit, but well, yeah, in Celsius, right. we, yeah, yeah, but it may be cold. Twenty-eight then. degrees. Yeah. 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 What part of the Netherlands do you live in? Uh, at the moment, I'm living in Groningen, and that's the northern okay. northeastern part. And I have lived my life up until three years ago in the big cities of Rotterdam and The Hague. Mm. Okay. Mm. And where did you, so how, yeah, how did you start? How did you get into this? Well, it's interesting. I was, I guess, eight years old. And I uh, was with my grandparents in the south of the Netherlands. And I had a meningitis. Mm. So uh, I've been brought to the hospital over there and then uh, after a week or so I had to be transported back home and uh, the ambulance brought me and that made such an impression on me uh, the guys were so nice that I thought oh this is interesting um, maybe I would like to do that sometime when I grow up okay. yeah. and lo and behold here I am <laughs> wow. wow so, so is that common though in like in the Netherlands does an ambulance take you non-emergently to your home or yeah uh, uh in in the days that was the job of the regular ambulance but now we have uh, differentiated uh, we also have the low care ambulances and they do that sort of transports now hmm. okay, okay. <laughs> so how do you get into the, how do you like start working on the ambulance like what is like so like when you start with you know like we have the emt thing we talked about it a yep. little bit so how do you like get into it and you know well the funny thing is in the, in the netherlands you have to be a nurse to work on the ambulance 
you, you can be an ambulance uh, not being a nurse, at least as an ambulance nurse. So I went to uh, a nursing school for four years. And then I did two years uh, of clinical work on the cardiology uh, department. And up until three years ago, it was mandatory to have a specialization like uh, CCN or ICU or anesthesia technician uh, to go alongside with that. And since three to five years, you don't have to have the specialization anymore. So you can be a nurse and then uh, do the nursing the, or the ambulance school at the EMS. Okay. So, uh, and that's I've, for each, each service has like their own kind of training thing or academy or what have you? No, we have an intern uh, school at the Groningen. Okay. And there is a national school uh, in the middle of the country. And it's oh. all, all the same training. Oh. So so you go, how long do you go like, there for? I've spent uh, one and a half year in ambulance school and another two years for my uh, CCN certificate. Okay. Hmm. What's ambulance school? Like, what do they teach you? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the same things, I guess, as, as, as an EMT would get. Uh, PHTLS, AMLS, ALS. Um, well, that kind of thing. Hmm. Like trauma and, and cardiology. But, uh, physiology. Everything. <laughs> So you so, could have been um, you could have been a nurse and then gone to work in a hospital as well. Is I mean, is that I correct? did? Yeah. Okay, and you could have stayed doing that, but you wanted to work on the ambulance. Yeah, I I knew from the start that I would want to end my career on the ambulance. Huh. So it's, um, it's the complete but, opposite for us. Yeah, <laughs> that's the story, it's isn't total it? opposite for us. Everybody's like, <laughs> I gotta get off the ambulance. You know, so. Everybody wants to be a nurse or a firefighter. Yeah, a lot of folks do become nurses from here. You know, they they work. Even one of our local hospitals, the triage nurse, she used to be with us, you know, at our station. Like she was um, an EMT at our station. But that's it's like they usually start on the ambulance and then kind of move forward to nursing or, you know, physician's assistant and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. That must be really weird for you. Uh, (laughs) But this is... I make more money than uh, an ICU nurse. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, no my head is going to explode. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> but uh, you have yeah. uh, also a lot of responsibility. And, um, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I have the final um, responsibility for my patients. Mm. So when it goes wrong, uh, I'm also responsible for that. Yeah. 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 Who's your partner? Who? So it's you and another nurse, or it's you and who else? No, uh, in the Netherlands, it is uh, a nurse, ambulance nurse, and a ambulance driver. Okay. And uh, you can compare the driver to an almost an EMT. Okay. He does assist me with uh, medical uh, uh, techniques, but he's not end responsible in the end. So, yeah, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, the oh. driver, though, can he perform CPR? I mean, can he do yeah. things like that? Okay. Yeah. How long is his school that he has to go to? Uh, that is uh, also one and a half years. Oh, wow. Now. Wow. Oh, one, one year. Sorry, one year. Still. 
Yeah. It's how long? How long is EMT class here, Joel? Like three months? I think so. Yeah. To yeah. be an EMT yeah. is like three months or four, oh, wow. maybe, depending on like yeah. how your class is. Where structured. you go. Yeah. And then to be a paramedic yeah. is more close to like a year and a half, you know, um, or in yeah. some places it's like a two year, you know, associate's degree program. And for me, because I did it through my department, it was nine months, but I didn't, I worked eight hours a day in school. Like that was my job was to be in yeah. school for eight hours a day. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's a, quite a bit different in training, you know. Um, yeah, I worked for eight years to become ambulance nurse wow wow yeah that's like a, you could be a doctor here <laughs> yeah. yeah well over here as well here. so uh, yeah i had to wow. choose but doctors make uh, worse hours than me mm. yeah i couldn't yeah Are and they, you have to like here you have like a ton of insurance you have to have and stuff yeah so, oh yeah be a doctor also dead yeah uh, and so how do you so how do you get hired as like an and as an as an ambulance driver so, like, what are the, is the ambulance over there, is it run by a private company, or is it run by, like, a municipality? How does that work? Yeah, there are uh, uh, governmental uh, ambulance services, but there are also private services. But okay. uh, all the EMS have, they uh, uh, have to have, um, um, how do you say that, uh, warrants. Um, oh, that's an English word, I can't come up. Uh, they they need uh, uh, permission from the government to drive okay. Oh, okay. their ambulances. So okay. you, you, you yeah, can start same, a private company just like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so like where you work now, we're, is, we're that a, certified. is that a private I mean, company? I don't yeah, you have to, you have to have certification. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like our state inspection tool. Okay. Yeah. So they have, have to come like inspect your truck. Yeah. Yeah. So where you are now, is that a private company or you're like, you work for the government? Yeah, this is a private company. My mm, former okay. job was uh, for the government. Okay. And now here's the funny thing. So like if a lot of places, if you work for like a private company here, you're not as well taken care of or protected as if you worked for like a municipality with like a union and stuff like that. So, and well, like we've had huge companies that have just like shut off the thing is oh. with the private companies here they don't necessarily um they're not maybe unionized so it's a little easier to lose your job um but they do sometimes pay better depending like the private hospitals pay better than the government sort of job that we have but we have a much more sort of protective union so there's like it's it's sort of it's a give or take. Some people okay. who work privately don't ever want to come work for the city because even though we have more protections, they, you know, the, the check that they get is much better and, and like the hours are maybe better because they can choose hours more differently than we can, you know? Yeah, now there are no differences here. Hmm. If I work in, in a big city of Rotterdam or I work here, it's all the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. I know that's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really good. It is, yeah. It's it's totally different. So yeah. yeah. And one thing like you usually see around here is like the the cities, like the big cities, the smaller agencies around them will kind of mirror how they operate. So like people kind of copy how we do stuff, and then like if you go over 
over the river to Jersey City, like those guys, like they watch that. So it's kind of funny to see how like the oh, terminology yeah. and the, the operating kind of like mirrors the closest place. But here, EMS is pretty different. I mean, I guess there, it's they're held to the same type of standard. Not that we're not held to certain standards, but if I'm uh, a paramedic in New York and then I want to go work as a paramedic in Florida or in Missouri, you know, they're different. Like I may have to have different protocols and different medications and um, sort of a different standard of care. But it seems that in the Netherlands, it's... It's all standardized. Yeah, you know what your protocols are. Depend, You know, you go anywhere and that's the same thing, you know? Yeah. So and nowadays we, we, we work on, on uh, uh, clinical reasoning more hmm. with the protocols as a guideline. Yeah. Uh, but when shit hits the fan, we always can rely back on the protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, um, I mean, do you know if there are things you can do there that we can't do here? I mean, like, what is your scope of practice? I mean, what do you do for um, well, for example, if we go to someone with stomach aches, uh, we can examine the patient and then decide um, that we don't bring him to the hospital. Hmm. We can leave him at home and refer him to his family doctor, for instance. Uh, but also uh, drunk people, we can leave right. with the police or leave at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, drug, drug abusers. Hi. Generally, all the people uh, we don't want to see during a shift, we can leave at home. Wow. See, that's that's mm. a big difference because here, I don't know whether it's the, it's maybe the legal system that we have here is that if we leave a drunk person with his friends, let's say, and then he leaves and walks in front of a car because he's so drunk, yeah. then if they go back and start checking and they say, oh, an ambulance actually came here an hour ago, then the ambulance can be, you know, responsible for that person, even though that person chose to get that drunk, that they were unable to, like, care for themselves. Um, I agree. Know, have, but, you, well, they have, there has to be someone uh, sober enough that yeah. obviously can take care of him. But, um, yeah, it's, it's their own responsibility. They chose to be drunk or be drugged so live with the consequences no (laughs) sounds fair enough we don't take responsibility for ourselves at all here (laughs) whatsoever we take no responsibility so that's that would be nice i know i have a friend who grew up in ireland and he said the same kind of thing that it was sort of their discretion on the ambulance to take or not take someone Whereas here, we basically take everyone unless that person specifically doesn't want to go and they're in their like right mind yeah. to yeah. say that. Otherwise, for us, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, there's definitely people who would not benefit from being in a, an emergency room all night with a toothache or something. And you might talk to them and say, like, look, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but COVID is still happening. You know, like, you can go to the hospital, oh, yeah. if you like, but um, you're going to be sitting in the waiting area for the whole night, you know? And then sometimes people will consider it and not go, but we're not, we're not technically supposed to tell people, Oh no, you stay home. You know, like that's, we get yeah. in trouble for that. No. So yeah. Yeah. yeah people like tend to go to their, their family doctors uh, before going to the ER. Yeah. 
I think that's also a big difference is that for we, you yeah, folks, nobody you has have, a doctor here. Well, you have a different kind of healthcare system. So people do have a doctor, yeah. but here um, very often people don't, you know, and so the hospital yeah. becomes their first line of medical services. Yeah. Even for people who are like chronically ill. I mean, people who have yeah. kidney failure and diabetes and like really significant health issues, they don't always have a private doctor or they just kind of go into the hospital's walk-in clinic. That's their sort of doctor. Okay. Well, how does that work? Because I have diabetes myself. Mm -hmm. That was one reason to move to uh, the countryside. Just take it a little easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have my uh, uh, my specialists in the hospital, which I uh, visit on regular basis, like two times a year. Yeah. And then yeah. I have my diabetes nurse, which I also see two times a year. So I have a checkup uh, once every three months. Mm. Does that ha is it normal in in the U.S.? Um, it is if you have it. I mean, this is the thing about the United States. If you have private insurance, like my mother had diabetes, so um, my father worked for the city. He was a firefighter, so they had private insurance. So um, my mother mostly took care of herself. She would see an endocrinologist for diabetes. She saw a nephrologist for her kidney. Um, you know, these are things that she did and took care of herself, but there's a lot of people who are on our um, sort of government insurance which is like Medicaid. And even though Medicaid does pay for a lot of things, it doesn't give you the best choices all the time. So um, very yeah. often people wait until they're having a crisis to oh, get yeah. seen. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, those are people who will say like, oh, I've been dizzy for three days and I don't feel well. And, and then you check their sugar and it's, you know, 500. Yeah. And yeah. They just didn't know because maybe they ran out of glucometer strips a week ago and they don't, there's nothing for them to like go, you know, call someone and say, Hey, this is what's happening. Can I come in? They just go to the hospital and start the whole thing yeah. over again. Mm -hmm. Well, I, ha I have, I have, I've had the idea to, to emigrate to the States, but because of my diabetes, I felt better of it because yeah. I can't afford it. Yeah. No. And that's the other thing. Like if you don't have insurance, and you, like you have a job, like some, the amount that you'll pay for the insulin and the, that, like you'll go broke, yeah. you know? So and there are, if you're there not are some on jobs, well, uh, yeah, that like will give you insurance, but even that you have to pay yeah. for. So you'll, you'll have insurance, but it might cost you to insure yourself and your child and your spouse, you know, $500 a month your check. out of your check. Yeah, like you half your check. Um, yeah. And yes, things are very expensive here. So, you know, yeah. insulin, insulin is covered by Medicaid. I mean, these are things that are covered, but um, not everybody's entitled to them. If you, if you come here and you are, uh, like if you emigrate here and your paperwork, I guess, is not up to par, or maybe you're not here as a resident, then you don't have any insurance. So mm. you have like an actual chronic disease that would not be great, you know, unless you got a job here and had, um, you know, been insured by that job. Yeah. That's, that's what's scary, you know. <clears throat> you could get very it's, ill. It's here. very broken. It's very broken here. Yeah. So, yep. And, like, if you have insurance, you're going to pay more than somebody who doesn't. They are maybe, how do you say it? Um, if you don't have insurance, you will get sometimes better care 
than if someone who has insurance like us. Oh, wow. Like, we'll end up paying more out of pocket for certain things compared to somebody who's on like, you know, government benefits and stuff like that. So it's harder to find somebody in our, it's what not, we call it, like in our network. Yeah. That's also yeah. not fair. So like, yeah. Well, so, that's, and yeah. that's the balance. So and they don't have like a copay and stuff like that. So. Yeah, there is no copayment for them. If you have government insurance, you can go to the doctor, but not every doctor will accept that insurance. So yeah. choices but are limited. You do a little more legwork to find a good doctor. Yeah, yeah. and for so. me, when I, when I delivered my son, uh, I wanted to go with the specific doctor team because I heard great things about them and I loved them, but they were not in my network. So after I delivered, I think I owed like $4,800. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's, that's coming from a person who, you know, works in healthcare and is, has insurance and I still owe almost $5,000 like after having yeah. my son. Yeah. You so. would think when, when working in healthcare, you could have the benefits of the place you work at. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So those, so. those are different challenges, you know. And we see that a lot too. You know, like we have like a lot of, you know, younger people who are like um consultants or freelance people and they don't have benefits. So like if they get hurt, they're like they're like their first question or their first thing that they say, like if they're drunk or they're really hurt, they're like, I don't have any insurance. It's like what am I gonna do? You know? Versus no. somebody who's on government benefits, like, um, I wanna go over here. And you know, they call like one guy one of our our favorite regulars he'll do like four or five ambulance trips a night oh wow like he'll get mad at the one er they'll throw him out and then he'll go to the corner you know say he's got chest pain and now he wants to go to the other hospital and then it's it's just like and he's like we wouldn't even open the door for for such a person yeah when we were sent to to the same call the third time in a row yeah we would say uh oh it's you again bye wow <laughs> I know. Or then call the cops on him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's, that's so different because this yeah. person that he's talking about, we literally had brought him I think it was like the second time we brought him to this more local hospital, which we had, you know, told him, I don't think you're supposed to go there, like because they don't yeah. like him there. And then he he was adamant and we can't, you know, refuse to take someone, uh, especially mm-hmm. to a close hospital. So we took him. And he wasn't even in there for five minutes and the nurse basically threw him out. So she was like, you're not allowed in here, like get lost, you know? And so then 20 minutes later, after we finish our paperwork, we go and he called again and now he wants to go to a different hospital. Uh-huh. And it's, it was just like, you know, technically the hospital is not allowed to throw him out, but they also view him as a threat because he was threatening to a doctor one time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this person causes havoc for the entire system, the emergency system. And there's, nothing any of us can really do about it. You know, the police don't yeah. arrest him. So we just have to keep shuttling him around. Yep. So yeah. it's like a whole game. <laughs> it's, it's not good. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. It makes no sense. So no, and all the paperwork yeah. you have. Yeah. And all, and mm-hmm. it's a waste of the city's resources, you know, because when you call for chest yeah. pain, you get an ambulance, you get a fire engine, you get, um, police Cops. officers, you know, everybody comes. Yeah. So, yeah. And then if like, if we're extended, like if the paramedics are extended to get to that job, which extended is like more than 10 minutes, they may give us like a, a BLS unit. So now you have two EMTs, two paramedics, five, five firefighters and two cops coming for one guy five times a day. Yeah. 
it, it adds up. So like, if you really do the math, like, you know, it would behoove really the powers at B, you know, to, to figure something out. You know, this guy's, he's costing his, the, you know, some of these people are costing the city more money than they'll ever make in like six lifetime. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So you mentioned uh, a chest pain, then the fire truck also comes? Yes. Um, and the police? Yeah. And the police, yeah. I'm not sure what the police have to do with it or why they come. Yeah, I think they just but, all come to our calls anyway. Yeah, but um, I think police come on a lot of EMS jobs just because of historically, like, sometimes things go south and then it's nice to have, I guess, officers there. But um, firefighters go on high priority calls because engine companies are trained as first responders so they can give oxygen. Um, I'm not even sure what else they can give. They can give them CPR. Narcan. Yeah, they can. They can do yeah. like CPR. Oh, they, can they can like CPR. stop bleeding and stuff like that. So yeah, it's so kind of like it's, it's like a clock stopper. Yeah. So, yeah. Because everything here is about like how long it takes you to get there. And and even I mean our our police though they can do tourniquets and they have like we've had yeah. uh, gunshot wound victims or we had one woman who was like stabbed um, throughout like her, her torso but also her arms. And um, the police put a tourniquet pretty much immediately. And there's been at least three times, I would say, that we've had police officers yeah. like save someone's life just using a tourniquet. Oh, so wow. I guess, you know, in those ways, like, it's helpful because sometimes they get there faster than we do. The way the, the system works, a call comes in, it goes through police first, and then it gets sort of, like, put to EMS yeah. or fire. Ah, okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. And so the firefighters, there's more firefighters in New York than there are EMTs and paramedics, so they always kind of get there first because they're closer, there's more firehouses. Um, so that's why they kind of go, because if someone is critically ill, uh, like in cardiac arrest or whatever, the idea is that, you know, someone will get there. If it takes us five minutes, it'll take them three minutes. And, yeah. you know, then they can start sort of, like, uh, we have the um, uh, volunteer fire department over here in the country, um, yeah. but we also have a citizens network that when uh, when there is a call for a uh, cardiac arrest, the dispatch sends out an, an uh, SMS bomb, mm. it's a message text bomb yeah. to all uh, citizens who um, who are in that network, and then the the nearest person goes to that call to that address. Wow. To start CPR. That's nice. Yeah, that's they have a really something good system. like that. Yeah, it doesn't not everywhere has it over here. So like I've heard of something similar in the States, but Yeah. And there are AEDs everywhere. So you can wow. grab an AED from, from the supermarket and then Oh wow. Go to the cold. Mm. We have public access defibrillators here. Yeah. Um, but, but if you ran out of the business with the defibrillator, they would be chasing you down the street. <laughs> well, they might, but I mean, you know, but of course, like, it depends how close you are to the call. So, like, all the public schools in New York City have yeah. defibrillators, and they're supposed to be hung in the lobby right behind, like, the, you know, there's, like, usually a security desk that you sign in for your child. That's where the AED is in every public school. And they have them in the airports, and they have them in a couple of places, like by the beach and everything else. So, yeah, that, usually the person closest to the AED gets the yes, call to get it. the AED, and then, yeah, yeah. But uh, is it how do people train in the Netherlands? I mean, is it a free training? People can just sign up that they want to be um, CPR certified, or uh, you have to pay for it yourself. Okay, uh, but it costs about thirty-five euros. 
Oh, wow. And you get a full uh, BLS uh, um, uh, provider course. Mm -hmm. That is nice. Uh, and then That's you're added to the network. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. So you started in Rotterdam. How do you yeah. get hired in the Netherlands? How do you get hired here? Well, you, you apply. Do? You apply with your local uh, emergency medical service, and uh, they hire you, okay. um, uh, depending on your uh, credentials. And then they send you to school. Ah. So you get your paycheck, and you get your schooling from the EMS. Okay. How long did it take you to get hired in the city? Um, like the hiring process itself. It was took about um, two months. Okay. So there was a um, a job alert uh, which I applied to. Okay. And then I got my invitation for the first uh, um, meeting, and uh, then I had my second meeting. So they had interest, um, okay. and then we talked about uh, what my expectations were and what they expected of me, um, and. Um, yeah, a lot of questions about uh, why I want to work on the ambulance or in EMS. Okay. Uh, and then I got hired. And um, that was, well, 17 years ago now. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a bit different then because I had um, uh, a period of training for about six weeks. And then okay. I, I went with an experienced ambulance driver. And it was like, um, well, good luck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but now they're a little bit more organized and uh, they have the, the training before you go uh, in the field yourself. Okay. So they kind of want you to be, sorry, they just want, so even yeah. though you've been trained, they want to kind of train you in the way that they prefer, sort of, or the way that they expect. Yeah, because clinical training in the Netherlands is, is quite different from what you see and what you might expect on the streets. So they'd like to prepare you a bit for that. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the, all the, the techniques you have on the street, like rapid extrications and that kind of stuff, you don't do that in the hospital. Yeah. So they want to train you at least that you know what you are doing. Yeah, and that everyone uh, has the same skill set. So, was it an academy? I mean, like when you went to the yeah, like, training for yeah. them. Okay, and are there several people getting trained at the same time? Yeah, we had a whole a whole class. Uh, so we had about fifteen to twenty people. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, it, and it actually is called the Ambulance Academy in ah. uh, Harderwijk. Huh. A place in the middle of the country. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Can you get fired while you're there? Uh, yeah, you can. If you don't pass. Oh, okay. If you don't pass or your skills are not up to par, okay. um, then you get fired from the EMS that hired you. Yeah. And uh, that is one of the conditions uh, when you are hired that you have to okay. pass the tests to yeah. uh, to stay there, uh, and also. Uh, you actually pay for this training yourself by uh, committing yourself for two years at that EMS. Mm. Okay. Hmm. But and is cost? it like a sleepaway camp? Like you sleep there in like a dorm or something? No, no, no. We did okay. uh, sometimes. Uh, we had 
two days in a row, and then you slept over. Hmm. Okay. And what happens if you leave in within two years? Do you owe them a certain amount of money or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you owe them the, the total costs of the training. Oh, man. Um, that is about, what was it? I'm guessing between 6,000 and 10,000 euros. Mm. Yeah, that's, I, for, with me, because I trained through the department that I worked for from medic school, that was kind of how it was. It was, I went to work every day for eight hours, five days a week, and I got paid, but I had to be at the fire department for three years after that. And if I left before then, I owed them money. And I think it was up to like 15,000 was what the cost was. Okay, yeah. 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 Mm. Hmm. But I mean, I guess they're investing in you. They want, you know, they want you to be there and if they're going to put all of that time and effort into that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Because we get people who who come on and, you know, like uh, you go through the academy and then, you know, you could go away to the military or something and you take a leave from the department and then you can come back just in time for like a the fire promotional so you've never been on an ambulance and oh. stuff which is listen i don't knock your hustle but well that's, that's pretty cool that's not and i yeah, don't think so a lot of people don't know that. about that one so i just learned that one the other day i was oh. pretty dazzled by that so <laughs> well because our department is the same for um like we are under the umbrella of a fire department so ems and the firefighters are technically paid by the same you know city agency even though we're different so you can go from being an emt or paramedic to being a firefighter and they call it a promotion um and technically if you're you know talking about money it is i mean they make more money and get paid better but um you know but really it's it's they're not the same job at all you know so it's it's quite different yeah yeah very different and so for your, you mentioned something earlier about firefighters and volunteers. I mean, is there an agency that's also a government agency of firefighters or is that? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, all firefighters in the Netherlands are government. Uh, and also the volunteers, they're, like you said, under the umbrella of the government, but oh. they're volunteers. Interesting. So when, when a call yeah. comes, they have a pager and they, they uh, rush to the station get dressed and uh, get with the get on the call with the truck yeah and do they they only respond to fires they don't come on ems jobs at all yeah they come with uh, uh traffic accidents mm-hmm. as well or uh, uh we have in this neighborhood a lot of uh, uh big farming equipment uh when there's people uh, stuck in such equipment we also call the fire department yeah I guess we're like rescue and yeah, the fire and rescue. I like farms. <laughs> I like farms. <laughs> farms are like my thing. When farms are gruesome. And I'm sure. I and I, I think when he retires, he's going to go probably get a farm and he'll be the rescue guy at the farm too. But mm-hmm. I, I I'm cows. sure there's so much cows. machinery <laughs> that people can get uh, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, involved in. Yeah. So on like who responds then on a, like a, job like a cardiac arrest where you might actually need several hands to help i mean is it you folks in the ambulance come and then you're hoping that there might be volunteers in the network in that area or yeah usually when uh when there's a cardiac arrest the police rides along 
because uh, they have the AADs also in the car. Okay. And there's the citizen network. Uh, and there is a, a second unit will always come with a cardiac wow. arrest. Okay. Uh, and sometimes also the, the, the helicopter, the uh, mobile medical team, mm. which usually comes per helicopter. Wow. And they uh, are a pilot, a nurse, and a doctor. Mm. So we can always mm. ask assistance from that doctor. Yeah. And how far are you to your local hospitals? Uh, our local hospital is about 10 to 15 minutes away. Okay, not bad. And the uh, university hospital is 40 minutes. Oh, wow. So the one that's more local, what can that handle? Can it handle everything? Not or? much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all all uh, multi-level traumas and uh, bleedings. Um, all uh, obstetric patients that are a little bit complicated, but also everything goes to the, the big city. Wow. That was quite different when I was in Rotterdam because they had like seven, eight hospitals you could choose from. Yeah, so many. Uh, it's a bit different here. And, yeah. yeah. And that that's nerve-wracking. A 40-minute ride with someone who's having a complicated issue is it yeah. requires a lot of skill and patience and, you know, mm -hmm. determination <laughs> sort of. Yeah, lots of vigor. <laughs> yeah. But that's 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 also interesting of uh, of the area where where I'm at now. Yeah. Hmm. So when you got into Rot, so you came out of the cabin, then you went to Rotterdam. Like, what is like, what kind of city is Rotterdam? So Ro Rotterdam is a big port city, and next to Amsterdam, it has um, and Antwerp. It has one of the largest ports of Europe. Hmm. So there's a lot of uh, goods going in and out. A lot of yeah. heavy industry, um, lots of traffic, and okay. also more violence. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of I didn't drug. think Dutch were violent people. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Guys, <laughs> lots of Dutch drug you guys trafficking. Were all nice to each other. Ah, uh, drug yeah. trafficking. Yeah, I mean, okay. you know. hmm. how many ambulances? Yeah, like you. So you guys came out of like a central, like a like a like an ambulance garage, or you have like different stations around the city. How, yeah, we have different stations. You know, okay. Uh, and you guys sat is, at the station? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we have, uh, in this area, we have about seven stations. One uh, big station in the main city. And okay. then uh, several satellite stations in the, the countryside. Hmm. Okay. Whereas Wienschoten, uh, where I am now, is uh, a bigger station than okay. the other ones around. We have right. like a four-day shift wagons and two in the evening shift, and then also two at night. Oh, okay. wow. So there are two teams. And how okay. long is the shift there? We have eight-hour and nine-hour shifts, and in the weekends, we have the 12-hour shifts. Oh, okay. And now in the summer, with the, everyone is on vacation, we have also the 24-hour shifts. Oh, my. Mm. How many jobs mm. would you be doing in 24 hours? 
Uh, well, over here, it varies from four to eight. Okay. okay. Um, so that's not much. But eight not as much in the city. Yeah. Yeah. How many did you do in the city when you were there? In Rotterdam, we had an eight to ten for mm -hmm. eight-hour shift. Oh wow! So okay. That's very busy. And how many units were in the city in Rotterdam? There were thirty-six units. Thirty-six. Mm. Oh wow. Hmm. And so there, did you guys? Because if we have a thing that they call like a cross street location, did you guys sit on like a street corner, or um, not much? No, we usually sit at the station. And okay. when dispatch uh, thinks that there's a reason to do that, then they send someone to a, uh, well, what do you call it, a, a, a waiting space somewhere like between stations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that and didn't happen the, often. Yeah. At the station, was it um, comfortable? I mean, if, if folks were expected to stay there and kind of, you know, wait for jobs, I'm assuming, did you have... Uh, sleeping quarters at all? Did you have like? Uh, oh yeah, a we have a, a, a lounge room. We have a, a, a dining table in the kitchen, uh, and we all also have two sleeping rooms for the twenty-four hour shifts. Okay. That's so it's lovely. it's quite comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is nice. We don't have that. And no. we do have a, we do have a Netflix account. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. <laughs> We have yeah, a, no. our station. We have we have a kitchen which doubles as our lounge, and it you know has a couch in there, and obviously we can cook if we have time. But there's no sleeping quarters because you know it's we don't do 24-hour shifts. No. We only do 12s, um, and we used to do eights. But um, yeah, I mean they don't they don't want us to hang out there. They want us to go to our street corner and post up. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's a deterrent for us to sort of hang out. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Every once in a while, they'll let us, let everybody hang out, you know, because something crazy happened or whatever. Yeah. Like if and someone then, shot a police officer or something, they, they let us sit at the station for sort of protective reasons. Hmm. But, um, or there's a major snowstorm, possibly, they'll let us, you know, kind of stay at the station. But that's, that's like sort of irregular. We don't do that often. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, I think a lot of places do. So it's it's not like that's uncommon in the United States. It's no, just but sort you basically of uncommon for us, you know. Spend your shift in your car. Yes, which mm -hmm. is wow. not ideal. And I mean, we get out a lot because we are busy. So it's not like you don't feel like you know if you're on a twelve-hour-long road trip, you you have to take many stretches, you know, where you yeah. get out and, and move around. Mm -hmm. But we are moving around. Like we're not sitting in a vehicle for 12 hours usually. I mean, some people might, yeah. but I know for us, we like, if it's slowed down, we kind of get out and take a walk or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, or we'll watch a, a show on his laptop or something. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, otherwise yep. it's, you know, we're in and out of the vehicle. Yeah. So it's not as awful, you know. So oh, I can, when I can you were give in you a Rotterdam, tour, uh, oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> we want the tour at the station. Everybody probably want to see that stuff. So I know, we yeah, we would love to uniform. see the station. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So when you were in Rotterdam, when you got dispatched to a call, like so, there was like so many units. If you were going, did you have like a primary area that you were responsible for that you uh, went to for like? No, not really. Anywhere the, in the city, the dispatch has this map. Uh, and they can see where we are, so they send. Okay. They usually send the nearest uh, car to the okay. incident. 
And if somebody came available from a closer hospital or from an assignment, would they cancel you and then give yeah. it to that, that closer unit? Yeah. Um, okay. So we have a mandatory uh, arrival time of 15 minutes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. And was there a lot of stairs in Rotterdam? Yeah. <laughs> in in Den Haag, uh, uh, some less, but in Rotterdam, there were a lot okay. of these old houses. Yeah. Um, in Amsterdam, they would call them grachtenpanden, <laughs> to throw some Dutch words in. But uh, yeah, yeah they had a lot of stairs, but they're, they're very steep ones. Okay. Those how did that work? Challenge, I'm sure. Yeah, how did, uh, so you get a cardiac arrest there. How do you? Um, you we know. call the fire department. Ah. All right. So tell everybody about this. I've sh I've showed this to Julie. Like I was I was in the Netherlands, and they always have like that the beam that comes out of the roof and stuff. And then you like there's a hook on the bottom, Jewel. Oh and you yeah. Put your pulley on it to like bring up your like your your furniture because the stairs were like super. Oh, steep. like when you're moving yeah. and stuff. Yeah. They used yeah. And, uh, they used to use that for for goods and trading goods, but now they use it to move furniture. Yeah. Mm. Correct. Yeah. All right, so you get a you so you get a cardiac arrest and a super tall, tight stairs. How, yeah. how are you guys? How do you guys work this out? Or somebody who can't walk down? How does this work? Well, uh, uh, for starters, we know that this is a, a building with steep stairs. So okay. uh, primarily, the fire department rides along with us, uh, okay. with their tower, uh, and they set up their stuff while we're doing the CPR, and get the person ready to be transported to the hospital. Then we get them on the tower. And wow. So through the window. The window. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. My gosh. Yeah. Sometimes the windows right, are so too small and the fire department breaks down the, the whole uh, wall wow. <laughs> just to get to the patient. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is there something, so they put the ladder up and then there's like a bat, like a, I don't know what you call it, like a, uh, like we a call it a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a platform. Ah. Okay. And does your stretch, like, how would you describe it? So their stretchers come apart from the bottom carriage, right? Yeah. So you can, like, correct. take the top. They can, you can, like, displace the stretcher thing, and then we they put take it the top on off, the bucket. It, and there is, yeah. a, on the platform, there's a special uh, holder for the, for the top, top part of the stretcher. And they can attach that to the, to the platform and then take hold it down the patient down. Yeah, I, I did mm -hmm. see this video. Peter showed this for me. So if anyone's listening and is not sure, I would like highly recommend you, you know, go on YouTube and look for what like Dutch, um, you know, rest tower rescue or something. What would you maybe look up? Because yeah. it was really interesting. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you can't really describe it. it it's super neat. So like, we do nothing. <laughs> okay. What you guys do makes so much sense and it's like so like if we have I to do know, the same thing like they that. have to call a tower ladder and it's like yeah. a scoop and it's it's an entire production but like you guys do this all the time yeah. and it's yeah. you know it makes and a we lot can of even sense. we can we can so. maintain uh cpr through uh mechanized uh, cpr devices while we are uh, uh transporting the patient down mm. yeah but what did you do before you had, so like, let's say, you know, like back when you started, you didn't have a yeah. CPR machine. No. So how did that go? Did you like ride on top of it, on top of the stretcher, mm -hmm. going down in the bucket or, yeah. you know, some we like actually hero did. stuff? And, and uh, uh, wow. I, I, um, 
I experienced the time before all the safety harnesses. Oh my so gosh. I was five stories up and I just mm -hmm. stepped out of the window onto the platform to be oh with the patients. Oh my God. That's so scary. <laughs> I won't do that anymore, but <laughs> I can't that's even imagine. That's how we rolled back in the day. Yeah. Oh my God. Yo, the stuff you did, bro, when oh. you were younger, like you didn't think about this, you know? No. Like, yeah, I'm getting on a ladder truck and uh, this is going to be cool, you know? I don't know cool, if I would actually. ever have done that. I, I think I'm always a little scared of heights, so. I, I'm not, I would probably have difficulty doing Oh, then that's not for you, no. Yeah, I don't know. I get just very, ask uh, the fireman to, to squeeze the, the, yeah, the bags. I've definitely had, like, we've been on the roof of our station, which is only, like, a second story, and then I'm, like, my palms get all sweaty, and I start, like, oh, wow. pounding. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. oh, I don't, you know, it scares me, so yeah. I don't know. So, if, so, like, let's say, like, you don't need the fire department to get somebody down, so you're just going to, like, use a, a a chair how do you get them out of yeah we, we have like a chairs. building in in like rotterdam so did you how when did you guys i know you have track chairs now but like back you know when you started like what kind of what was the difference in this stuff uh when they when they didn't have the chairs they just had the, yeah. the belts to carry the top half of the stretcher down with patient what really yeah a belt yeah, you, 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 you hold the, the stretcher with your hands, and yeah. on top of that, you had a, a sort of a neck belt to support mm -hmm. the stretcher as well. I think it's like that thing we saw. Probably not the, the best thing for your back. <laughs> yeah, they had something like in Japan, like it hooked oh. on your shoulders, and then it gave yeah. you like these like super wrist things. So if, you, if your partner falls, like, yo, you're going for a ride. Then right? you're, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Did people fall down the stairs a lot? Like, uh, did you ever hear I that? guess they did. I never heard it, but I guess you never they fell. Did. I never mm -hmm. fell. No. Oh god, not mm -hmm. Do people keep their hands in over there? Because like everybody with uh, us, like you oh put no, in the and they're like they're like cats. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They're like cats. no. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you tell them to to keep yeah. their hands on their belly, no, then the the reaffix co comes in handy. Oh yeah, yeah. We haven't used it, so I gave it I gave it to my kid's mom, and they call it the uh, CPR handcuffs. So <laughs> that's what yeah. they are. We have yet to get somebody to use it on. So, yeah. hmm, it's super handy. What's that? Yeah, she likes them. So <laughs> <laughs> she's yelling from upstairs. She's like, oh, we're Good for you. <laughs> We haven't uh we haven't broken that one out to show everybody yet. So yeah. Yeah. Hmm. oh man. I, thought, I think I it's like a natural defense, you know, like when you're yeah. sitting in a chair and, and you see that you're coming towards a staircase, like your first yeah. reaction. I probably would, is like, would grab something too. Yeah, like you kind of feel like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go down, you know, and um yeah. you know, when we were in the academy you practiced on each other, taking each other up and down the stairs, and I know when it was my turn to sit because everybody had to take a chance. I was like, oh God, like yeah. you just feel like they're going to drop me. They're going to, you know, like the whole it's time. Hard. Like, yeah, it's like, it's hard you to want to grab something. So vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. How, so when you start, like, what would you carry in? So when you're in Rotterdam, like what kind of equipment did you guys, you know, like, you know bring inside with you? Uh, we, we had the corporals in Rotterdam. Okay. A monitor and uh, we had a, a big, case with um well essentially everything a, a back mask okay. valve and uh medications ivs 
and the suitcases became somewhat handier, like and they became okay. backpacks. Mm-hmm. And now we yeah. have the backpacks there with the with the loose um, bags inside mm-hmm. the compartments. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it and got you brought that in for everything. So if you had like like a crazy person, would you bring in like the monitor and all that stuff? Or? No, no, no. We usually yeah, assess we assess the call. Uh, okay, what what can we expect? If it is yeah. someone who has been uh, um, presented to the hospital already by the family doctor, so we have a destination. Uh, we also bring only the stretcher to load on the patient, and then in the ambulance we hook him up and do everything. Okay. Mm. Hmm. that's cool yeah yeah because we have to bring i don't know I, I think i sent you pictures like we have the two heavy bags we carry a chair and the monitor in on everything yeah oh, well it's, yeah it's it's uh my my uh, uh way of working is um usually if the patient is able to walk then i bring him in the ambulance yeah because uh getting all that shit in his house Working in a strange environment, and yeah. sometimes dirty environment, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it's always better to get the patient to me than the yeah. other way around. And uh, mm-hmm. once the patient is hooked up, you're attached yeah. to the monitor, so that's also not handy. Yeah. yeah. Plus, uh, when what, a patient how were they... is, is somewhat what uh, critical, or not not critical, but when he's in my truck, I can be on my way. Yeah. That's when he, uh, yeah. uh, gets worse on scene. Yeah, I have to get the stretcher, and it, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, yep. So you really, so you like to get out to the truck. We we do the same thing, like as fast as we can. We like get out to the truck, you know, unless yeah. we, because you know, we have to stay there. That's your workplace. That's you know, everything there is set up the way that you want it set up, and um, you know, if the person doesn't is not doing well you know where everything is and yeah, yeah i agree like sometimes you're in someone's home and it's it's filthy or it's very cluttered and there's nowhere to work um and it's just hard to be in that kind of circumstance and and or maybe there's dogs or family members or whatever's oh, happening yeah. it's much yeah. better to be in your clean workspace away from all of that you know do you guys have like messy dutch people because like everything <laughs> is so clean you know what i mean like <laughs> We have some quite the interesting houses, you know? Yeah. So Well, we do have them here. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, human human nature, there are people who hoard their stuff and oh, yeah. fill their entire apartment up with things and um, people who don't go to the to, to see a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And accumulate all sorts of diseases. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and then after months yeah. or weeks of, of, of illness, they decide yeah. in the middle of the night to call us. Yes. I, that I sounds familiar, I doesn't it? I know. Like, why it's now? The same. It's, it's amazing. It's the same thing everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. How are your nursing homes? When do they find their dead people? At shift change, too? Or no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually at shift <laughs> And is the paperwork ever ready when you get there oh, at no. a nursing home? Never. I think unfortunately they tell you are just overworked, you know. It, uh, oh yeah, they are, and yeah. Overcrowded. Do they give you the same thing of like, you know, we just saw them five minutes ago? <laughs> Can they give you yeah. that one too? <laughs> yeah, on a regular basis. Wow. I think they yeah. 
I think they teach them all the same classes everywhere in the world. <laughs> so it is the same thing. Yeah. It is, mm. yeah. I mean, I guess uh, that's it. You're you, dealing with humans, you know, no matter yeah. where we are, we're similar. Yeah. So, Do you remember your first call in Rotterdam? Yeah. Uh, remember, it was six weeks. I was trained. Uh, I had okay. my CCN experience, but my yeah. first call was a cardiac arrest of a six-year-old. Oh, wow. So God. I was like dying on the way to the scene. Yeah. And um, when we got in, the child was uh, suffocating. And yeah. uh, he also he went into cardiac arrest already. So they were resuscitating him. Yeah. And the helicopter was on his way. It had a child's anesthetist. Anesthesi do you say that right? Yeah, anesthesiologist. Yes, anesthesiologist on board. So that was my luck. But um, yeah, I got to work on him, and I with my tweezers, I got uh, the obstruction out of his trach. Ah. And he started breathing again. Okay. So I was like, Whew. yeah, yeah. Huh. And then the what doctor came in and uh, uh, a pancake. Oh, Typical no. Dutch thing. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Uh, hmm. uh, but the but the, the, the cool thing was uh the child survived and yeah. that was in August and I got a Christmas card from oh, him and his mother. That is nice. That's yeah. cool. That is that's hmm. a scary, so scary first job. Yeah. But, but thank God it ended well. There and then I realized okay, this is the job for me. Mm. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, because you can go, you know, thank God. Like I've only had maybe two pediatric cardiac arrests mm. and stuff. So you know, where my kid's mom works, she does probably one every every month, if not every other month. Oh wow! Doing like a pediatric arrest. I don't know how yeah. that is possible. I mean, yeah. it's like so yeah. crazy. I I don't think I can tolerate that or deal with that. You know, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you delivered any babies? Yeah. <laughs> How many you got? Uh, one. <laughs> nice. There's one. All right. One. All right. Yeah. But uh, I, I've, I've seen deliveries, but this one I delivered myself. Yeah. Very nice. It was um, uh, a woman called to her, um, uh, what do you call it over there? Her obstetrician. Okay. Yeah. Gyne gynecologist. Yep. Mm -hmm. And. Yep. Um, she was like, or her midwife was like, oh, okay, well, take a shower. I'll be there within 15 minutes. And then five minutes later, her husband called. You have to come now. She's, she's, she's in labor. And oh. then she sends us because yeah. we, were, we were there quicker. So we, we came at scene and she was sitting in the parking lot, determined to go nowhere from that point on because she was in labor. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but you have to be on my stretcher at least. Yeah. <laughs> we got her on a stretcher mm -hmm. and we got her in the truck. And uh, I said to my partner, like, fucking drive now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> so she grabbed say. my arm. She looked me straight into the eyes and she said, the baby's coming. And I'm uh. like, okay, get out, get in and help me. <sighs> oh and then God. it was like five minutes and, and the baby was delivered. Mm. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. And when I think of it, uh, in hindsight, I even uh, thought of taking a picture 
from the father cutting the umbilical cord. Oh, yeah. So that That's was really cool. cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's super five cool. years later, uh, she uh, contacted me because she wanted to see the team that delivered her baby again. Oh, wow. So that was really cool. special. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get that very often. Like where we are, like it's such a big area that, you know, like that kind of stuff. They just, I don't know. It seems like they forget us a lot. <laughs> yeah. So we, we seem forgotten. So I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. Well, there's also folks who use ambulances very regularly. So it's, yeah. you know, one day is not more special or different necessarily than the, the last, you know. But um, I know for me, I've had a few days that I'm like, I wish I could see that person again myself because I'm curious about what happened, you know. Um, and even delivering yeah. babies, like, you know, it's, that's exciting several years later to like, you know, talk to the person's family and stuff. Yeah. That's, also, that's, those are special calls. Like it, it went well. Yeah. I think those are, I know Peter is not a fan, but to me, those are some of our nicer calls when they go well, because we deal with yeah. so much um, unfortunate stuff. You know, the vast majority of calls on an ambulance are not good calls. You know, they're like someone's worst day or, yeah. um, the most scary experience of their life and even though labor is painful it's it's like usually a very exciting day for it's a happy many occasion people. yeah yeah it's a happy occasion so when things go well i feel like that's actually a really nice thing to be part of we need that it's not my feel, hobby <laughs> no but i i no. get like i almost feel high after that like it it sets the tone for like the whole week or month I yeah feel great you know it's it's exciting to be a part of something like that you know i'll take trauma any day <laughs> oh yeah any that, day that was my blood. exact answer to that question <laughs> what is your favorite yep. trauma anytime trauma love it all day all day <laughs> so yeah how much did you guys get like a lot of uh a lot of trauma work because of the port and the city and you know. Yeah, in, in in Rotterdam we did, um, especially with the heavy industry and the containers, the container shipping terminals. Uh, mm. So yeah. Mm. What trauma. kind of trauma? Like yeah, like what kind of people squashed between containers? Uh, mm. People getting caught uh, between heavy equipment. Uh, okay. People ran over. Yeah. Like people mm. falling from heights. Uh, but also, uh, we have the petrochemical industry. So you had your okay. chemical uh, accidents. Oh, wow. Uh, and usually, yeah. the, the industries have their own medical kits uh, specialized okay. for that kind of chemicals they work with. Yeah. So we also had a, 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 um, a map with all the papers in it from all the different industries, uh, which one had okay. which chemical and which procedure you had to follow. Oh, that's very, that's okay. very helpful. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah, we have a thing, it's called like the, the, the MS, so it's just materials, MSDS. So it's like material safety data sheet. So, and it kind of tells you like what the chemical is. I think it's like, like an international thing. Yeah. yeah. We have yeah. the little book that, and I forget the name of it, but it's a book that tells you what the hazardous materials are. And so if there's like a truck, you know, that has, is carrying some kind of chemical, you can see what it is, if it's flammable, yeah. if it's caustic, yeah. you know. Yeah, what they have the, the shields yeah. with the numbers and Yeah, stuff yeah, so it. I guess that yeah. is international then. Yeah, yeah. The UN, it's the UN number. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, but and that's kind of, that. <laughs> I know, there is an app for it. 
but we all right. in every ambulance you have your book you have to have it yeah. it's in the glove compartment and you know but um it's yeah, fun to do with your kids too like when you're driving down the road you know and you tell your kids look for the un number then they give they start giving you the numbers and uh, like that one's bad that's my kids take after their dad i guess <laughs> yes that's mm -hmm. funny mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so another awesome thing that you told us is about so you guys have had marijuana and ecstasy yeah. and all kinds of interesting things for many years yeah and it's you know like what what's kind of legal over there so as far as like what's, what's kind of legal, yeah, um, this is a bit complicated because uh, right. you can own a certain amount of marijuana, like okay. three, three grams or three plants you can okay. own for private use, mm. uh, but you can't sell it. Hmm. Hmm. So where do people get their marijuana from? From coffee shops ah. that may sell it. Interesting. <laughs> Mm. So and then can you smoke that, weed? Yeah. Are you allowed to smoke weed? Really? Uh, well, not not really in my line of job. No. Oh, okay. But as a All person, right. as an inhabitant of the Netherlands, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Mm. So, like the public safety people, like you still cannot indulge in the devil's lettuce. <laughs> well, in in our in our free time, we uh, we we could do that. But when you have to work uh, the day after, it's yeah. not that. Uh, it's highly, it's frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But All people right. drink, so that's, that's practically the same. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what we say here, but uh, here, you know, in the United States, it's not, it's not federally legal it's, yet. So it's legalized in some states. Um, yeah. Like in Peter's state. And it's medically legal in my state. And um, in certain states, it's like recreationally legal, and you can. No, it's recreational in New York City now. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. that's very recent, right? That was a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and there are dispensaries and everything else, but um, for us, they um, still no. We're still not because we're, I guess, funded by the federal government, or we get funding from the federal government, and since yeah. that mm -hmm. is um, not mm -hmm. federally legal, we're yeah. not allowed to. So they do drug so. Tests. Yeah. What, yeah, what, what usually happens? You guys have. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, what's what's popular nowadays? What we see now from time to time is uh, the uh, the gas, the balloons with the oh whippets. Yeah. Wow! Really? Huh, the, nitrous the, oxide. The, yeah, teenagers do it a lot. I did so, it when okay. I was a teenager. <laughs> I was a so, delinquent. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh of course we have the ecstasy uh and also the um uh, what you call it the, the liquid um acid lsd or uh, no 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 oh ghb um, yeah ghb uh, yeah okay. but that's quite dangerous yeah uh you have the people that that measure it and and they well if you call it they they, they take it responsible yeah, they dose it correctly. They dose it correctly, yeah. uh, but the yeah. other ones they just gulp it down, and then we come on the scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and you have your hard drugs, of course, cocaine, heroin. Yeah. I was in Amsterdam, and we 
we came into the canal and there's a guy standing like in the red light dish. He's like, cocaine, ecstasy. Yeah. Cocaine, ecstasy, but he's standing there. You know, that's, you, that's you, crazy. you don't buy coke or ecstasy from that guy standing by the canal. So it's, mm. it is illegal. So be advised <laughs> when you're <Wow>. <laughs> Yeah. You can go to, you can get mushrooms and, and, and uh, marijuana at coffee shops, but don't ever get any other drugs in Amsterdam. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. So how many, did you get like a lot of overdoses of this kind of stuff or, you know? Well, uh, more in the city than over here. Here they tend okay. to drink more. Okay. How many, so what would you do? So you told us an interesting thing about your marijuana overdoses. And yeah. Sh <laughs> sugar tends to help. Sugar. Okay. All right. And so, so someone how overdose then how would you work this? Yeah, how would you how would you work this? So you're on a call and you have somebody, you know, who's taking too much marijuana or whatever. How do you Oh yeah. Like the edibles. We, yeah. We, we have She's to, looking at me like I'm crazy. Oh <laughs> we have the de the dextrose tablets on board. Okay. But I always oh, wow. ask first, uh, do you have candy bars, guys? Yeah. Or uh, uh lemonade? So just Make some lemonade for him and let him eat some candy bars. And if they don't, they, then we give him dextrose. Wow. And if the, if the uh, intoxication is not that high, we leave him at home. Oh, my God. With his responsible friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We seem to find everyone, like, they don't want to listen to reason of, like, you know, you got to ride this out, bro. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's, I think because edibles are now a big thing here. Um, and, you know, up until recently, it was not legal in New York. So you would just kind of get it through your friend who made them or whatever. So that you don't know what the dose is on this stuff and you eat no. an entire cookie, but maybe you're supposed to have a third of it or something. And so then they are almost tripping. Like they're, they're kind of like their heart rate is like 160 and they're having a panic attack and, um, and you know, you'll say like, all right, do you, did you eat anything? Like, do you want to eat something and have some water and like relax? And, but they, they think they're going to go to the hospital and they're going to give them some kind of like cure. And I'm like, there is that, there is nothing, There's you no know, cure, like, no. this is not, this mm -hmm. is, you're going to now sit in a hospital in fluorescent lighting by yourself. You know, I would much rather be on my couch watching uh, a show and eating some candy, yeah. you know, than like yeah. in the hospital. But that's just me. I also work for as a volunteer in uh, uh, in the medical service for the Red Cross, and we do a lot of festivals and events mm. where there's a lot of drug abuse. And there is even a festival in uh, not quite so far from here um, that. Uh, centers on edibles and marijuana and oh, wow. uh, dance music and everyone is wasted yeah. over there oh, Every, oh, everyone I that. <laughs> yeah oh my god oh. How so that's, that? that's, that's like fun uh, to to work as a volunteer yeah how is that so like you have like a lot it's like amateur hour huh yeah, like but uh, actually, it's the the calls are more intense than uh, in a shift over here. Wow! Because it's an event, and there are yeah, hundreds of people, tons of yeah. people, and yeah. there's always someone bound to fall or overdose or no, you name yeah. it. Mm. That's fun. So, yeah, that's really fun to work. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. 
Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, Dealing think, with drunk people or high people is not always my favorite thing because uh, no one no. for reason and you know everybody thinks they know how to help their friend, but they're also like extremely intoxicated and mm. you know. I think the you thing bring is the drunk with. with no, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. The the thing with There's drugs here is is uh um, you're allowed to to take marijuana and. Um, well, the age for drinking is, is they upped it somewhat. But uh, everyone as a teenager is, is smoking weed over here. And then mm-hmm. when they're growing old and uh, got jobs, they, the most of them tend to get responsible and, and yeah. just quit it. Yeah. Mm. I, I did my share of, of smoking weed. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm, uh, I'm like, a, okay, I've... Yeah. The drinking. Uh, well, the how drinking, old do you have to be to drink over there? Uh, now it is uh, 18. What was it before? Yeah. That's uh, 16. What? <laughs> I guess uh, it's so different here. I mean, when my parents grew up, it was 18, and now it's 21, which is ridiculous because you can vote at 18 and you could be in, you know, the, the army or, you know what I mean? You could, like, yeah. serve your country at 18. But you can't have alcohol, which is sort of ridiculous. But um, but yeah, twenty one is our wow. legal drinking age, and I think you have to be eighteen to like smoke cigarettes. So I'm assuming no, you, it's older than that. Is it? You got to be older. Yeah. I don't know. I think they but raised it. I don't know what it'll be to yeah. buy weed. You might have to be eighteen. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But but most of us uh, tend to like. Um, well, I've done that, seen it, got a T-shirt, yeah. uh, move on with our lives. That's, I, I think, feel like that's, you know, when you're a teenager, you are like sort of fearless and you do all Yeah, you're things. experimenting. Yeah, and then you get older and, I mean, for some people, maybe not, but like for others, you kind of realize like I have other things going on, so I can't just spend all day getting, you know, high or whatever. I mean, unless you have like, you know, a disease. No, but you had the experience. Yeah, you had your experience. And that's So you can say, okay, this is what I missed or not. Yeah. Now we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be 21 to buy cigarettes. Oh, wow. In, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. New Jersey. That's weird. There's uh, 19 states. It should be 21. That's crazy. That is crazy. So, I don't know. You can have a gun and go to war, but you can't smoke a cigarette? That's ridiculous. So, <laughs> I don't know. It makes sense here. Ugh, this yeah. this place, it's it's getting even more crazy every day. So, the out-of-control stuff that they're they're yeah. proposing every day. Well, it's the same issue with 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 gun uh, uh, with guns over here. Uh, okay. When you own a gun over here, you're almost considered a criminal because no one owns a gun over here. Yeah, I'm sure. Huh. So, That's... do people like hunt and stuff like that, or yeah, or what? Yeah, they do. Okay, but you have to. So, have if you wanted to get a gun, how do you? Yeah, like the because I was talking to this, our friend in Lithuania, he was saying if you want to get a, a firearm, like you have to apply for the permit, and then the police yeah. come and like they inspect your house, and they can come at like yeah. any time, and check and make sure that like it's locked up and stuff. Yeah, that's so. like an a European rule. You have to have a locker, uh-huh. and your firearm has to be uh, locked away apart from the ammo. Okay. So it can be in the same compartment. Wow. Hmm. And if, if we have it, friends that it, have arsenals, oh, <laughs> if it if arsenals. it is, then you you get fined and you lose your permit. Mm. Wow, 
Oh, I've been to Hawaii with my wife and we went to a shooting range and it was lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because, yeah, we went to Detroit and our friend picked us up and uh, like right on the kneeboard under his, his, his steering wheel, he had a, a pistol. I'm like, yo, what's that? Yeah, well, in New York, <laughs> like, we don't, people don't. Yeah, we don't know. see guns like that and stuff. Yeah. And, and over there, you know, our other friend Kelly, she's like, oh, we can't go in there. I have to put my gun in the car. I'm like, I will be highly uncomfortable like, in such a car. I know. It feels like, this a little is like the craziest thing. Like I, I yeah. years and years ago, I like sort of dated someone who was a corrections officer and he had a, a gun, you know? And so if he was coming straight from work, he would have it. And I always was like, can you take that apart? You know, like, I don't know. I just felt very like freaked out by it, you know, like, yeah, I know it was like weird to have something like that in my home, you know, like, yeah. I didn't like it to be all together in my home, you yeah. know. I guess officers there's, and there's here like a, in in Holland don't don't uh, are not allowed to take their guns home. What? Ah. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh, they leave it at the station. That the, you, the, that's crazy. Now, our cops guess, are armed all the time. Yeah, because oh. for them, yeah, they're yeah. I guess technically still a cop. You know, even if they're off, like I guess they could, yeah. if they happen to, you know, upon a bank robbery or, or something, they could potentially arrest the person and everything else. So having a gun, I guess, helps that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because in in New Jersey, we have like different levels of police. So you like have a, a full police officer, and then you have like a special two. So like you're only yeah. a cop with a gun while you're at work, and then like you know you leave your gun at home. But most of the time, like you know, most guys they all carry you know some guys carry it all the time other guys don't so but yeah wow <laughs> you, you never know so mm -hmm. it's uh you never knew it has a gun so like i had was it last year joel it was 2020 i was i was playing fireman and we have like a rollover and this guy tried to roll his car over and as we're cutting him out of the car he shot himself yeah as i was standing oh. next to him oh wow <laughs> yeah so and he was an all he was actually an off duty police officer, and yeah. stuff. And uh, he was drunk, and he tried to roll over and kill himself in a Subaru. But you have a Subaru, and that you don't die in Subarus. <laughs> so no, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why he tried doing a Subaru, but yeah. So he, uh, I was cutting him, cutting him out of the car, and I heard pop, and I'm like, I'm looking at everybody, like I didn't cut anything, I'm not even cutting. And then I heard another cop yelling, and he's bleeding from his neck. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like he's not bleeding. I'm like. I thought I cut something and it went through his head or something. And I looked oh, wow, and there's like yeah. streams of blood coming down. I'm like, what the heck? And yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's horrifying. It was yeah, yeah. So yeah. And then the other night we had a guy, he was parked the wrong way on a major street. Parked the wrong right? He was oh, parked yeah. drunk with the windows down, the car running, facing the wrong way. And in a bus stop. Wake up. In a bus stop. <laughs> yeah. So, and the firemen are like, you're going to get him out. I'm like, not with Texas plates on his car. So. I know that was the thing. Like we, cause his windows were down. So, you know, I had my flashlight looking in, but I think after that situation for Peter, he's like not really aiming to put his face into someone's car and try to get them out because God forbid, you know, the person, because like, we, yeah. we definitely, we backed up another ambulance one time. Um, they were, it was like, you know, four in the morning and they were behind a car at a red light. And then the light turned green and the person didn't move. And so they kind of like hit the siren quick to like wait, you know, get this person's attention. But the person yeah. didn't move again. So they got out. Yeah. 
and the guy was like unconscious behind the wheel, um, presumably drunk, but he had a gun on the seat next to him. So they called it in. So we came and, you know, the two ambulances, we blocked the guy's car in and waited for the police. And we kind of hid <laughs> off to the side because we felt like if this guy woke up, we didn't know if he'd try to like run or, oh, shoot no. or whatever. Yeah. And we just waited. And then the police came and they, they woke him up. And he was luckily so intoxicated that, you know, he didn't try to do anything. He just kind of was like stunned that people were like shouting at him, get out of the car, put your hands up. And they arrested him, you know, but um, he was drunk driving and he had his gun right there. You oh, know? wow. Yeah. So mm. you never yeah, know here if people would have a gun no. in their car. That wouldn't be possible here. Yeah. We can safely assume that someone doesn't have a gun. Yeah. It's, mm. it's not not it's it's very special if someone did have a gun yeah yeah well i mean here in new york too like this was special because this person is probably a criminal <laughs> you know like uh, yeah. there's uh yeah. you know people don't usually have guns uh, here in new york unless they're committing crimes or they are a police officer and yep. this guy yeah. driving drunk behind you know in his car is it couldn't be a police a, officer <laughs> i mean it could be but you uh, know like either yeah. way we're not going to find out we are going to wait for police to find out you know yeah. um but yeah that's i mean here you don't know but i guess after that situation it's like yeah, yeah. you just have to be careful like yeah. you know like and I, like i worked in like yeah. a rural area as rachel i say right rural rural area so like yeah. in the like out in the woods and stuff and everybody out there, like, you know, they all hunt and stuff, you know, and you're off the beaten path, you know, like you're going down a dirt road and it's like the, the mailbox splits and they can all shoot. You know what I mean? And that out there was more, I paid more attention and worried about getting shot out there than I do working in the city, you know, cause like those guys, you don't know what they have, you know, and they can all, you know, use a weapon and stuff yeah. like that. So, and you're waiting for the cops. So like I was, I was in a fight once, and the volunteer firemen showed up and before the troopers, the troopers never even made the scene. Like we had the, the person subdued and uh, the troopers never even showed up. So, oh, yeah. So there's crazy a, stuff. There's some interesting stuff over here. So yeah. do you guys get in fights and stuff over there? They're like, you know. Oh, well, we did in, in, in the cities. Okay. Uh, not much, but um, uh, one time we had a, a, a large group of people. Someone was, well, uh, not well, but he turns out to be yeah. drunk. Mm -hmm. And it was the father of one of the football players. And um, he got in the car and he got very aggressive. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were like, okay, we're done with you. Get out. And then yeah. while leaving the truck, he tripped over our monitor cables because okay. he was swinging wildly. Yeah. yeah. So he fell flat on his face and that triggered the whole group. And then we got into a fight. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, the police yeah. had to uh, had to rescue us. Yeah. Jeez. So do you guys have like, because uh, like, what do we call it? Uh, 10, we have like a 1013 or a 1085. So like, yeah, if you call for help, can the other yeah. units hear you? Or like, how do your radios work? Because like, I know like I've seen stuff in England, like they can't hear everybody going on around them. Can you guys like hear everybody? Yeah, that, that differs from, from region to region. In the city, we could only hear, hear uh, another two or three wagons. Mm -hmm. uh, but here in Groningen, we can hear the whole region. Yeah. Uh, okay. when, there's, uh, when we have, uh, when we need help, we push yeah. a red button on the, on the okay. radio and then 
everything blocks. They can only hear us for ah, okay. 30 seconds. So they right. tend to listen, okay, what's going on for 30 yeah. seconds? And then they send help right away. Yeah. Hmm. Now, do you like, because like, we hear that, and like, it's, you're getting everybody. <laughs> yeah, and the, it, it dispatch. Gets, it gets pretty uh, crazy. Red lights go on. Uh, yeah. All, all communication shut down. So they yeah. hear only your the call for help or, or your background noise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, alarm, yeah. if you press the alarm, it, it sounds for everybody. Like, so yeah. you'll, you know, you'll be talking to a patient and you'll hear this extremely loud, like alarm go off and you're like, geez, you know, like everybody like turns their radios down for a second. Cause you're like, Oh my God. But then dispatch, you'll hear them say like, no, they'll have a unit and they'll say like, you know, whatever, four, four Ida or five, seven boy, do yeah. you have an emergency? And yeah. if they don't hear anything, then like usually people who are not on a job will start to kind of like look to see on the computer where they are and start heading that way. Or you'll hear them say like, yeah, we need PD or whatever, you know, we have a combative patient. And then whoever is, I mean, usually whoever's free on the ambulance, Everybody. we just start heading over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Police, you know, <laughs> no. like, Hmm. excitement yeah Yeah. (laughs) well people get you know like the one time we had one where these guys so they called i guess it was like a a fight outside of like a a bodega which is like a corner store and somebody i think they threw bleach on him or something so it was like a fight they threw bleach on a a woman they threw bleach yeah a woman so they were and they were they got her in the truck and then the people still wanted her so then they started going after the crew and we thought that they got chased out of the vehicle and oh, they were wow. like down the street. So everybody went. And so like we got there and it was like, I think like five of us showed up at the same time and everybody looked in this truck and we're like, yo, where are they? And the guy who the bodega guy, he was like, yeah, they're in the car, like down the street. So we all go running down the street and we get to the corner and this is like, this is a hot corner. Like it's, yeah, it's a, a tough corner. Activity going on on that activity, corner. and so one of the guys decided, you know, to ask in a less than caring way, um, "Where am I? Where's my ambulance crew?" And um, the other guy said, basically, you know, "Fuck your crew." You know, what about my friend? And well, you know, got a little heated, <laughs> and <laughs> and everybody kind of like stepped back. We all looked at each other like, yo, did this really just happen? I know. I thought and it was going to be. There was everybody like, kind of like picked somebody like, yo, who are you going to hit first? Because it was about to go down. <laughs> yeah, because it was like there was 10 of them maybe and 10 of us. And it was like. Yeah. Right, right. yeah it was like. Tension building. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I so. thought it was going to be a thing. But it wasn't, yeah. thankfully. Um, and we it found crew they were still so. safe in their vehicle. They were just uh, kind of hiding out, I guess. Yeah. But, um, and then the funniest thing was the guy who started it had to go back to the corner for one of the people who was involved in the fight. Yeah, later <laughs> they got called the team block. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was Funny. one of the best. That shit was crazy. Oh my God. I love but it. Sure There's always something crazy are, going on. Always something. In EMS, oh yeah. Well, yes, and certainly in cities, you know. I mean, yeah. where you are now, Do when people call an ambulance, are they mostly respectful? Or are they mostly... Um, yeah. You know they're calling because they actually need an ambulance. They're not wasting time. You know they're no, they're here more respectfully than in the cities. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Where do you like better? Uh, well, right now over here, it's mm-hmm. quieter. Yeah. Okay. 
I've been in the do city. Do you miss the hubbub of the city? Sometimes, yeah, I do. Okay. But then I, I figure maybe I can do a ride along in New York sometime. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We got we got friends a... all over the place. So if you come on an epic, uh, an epic U.S. tour, we can get you in some spots. I know. Oh wow! Yeah, we can go. But no, that would be nice. Like, I feel like it would be fun to. Yeah. Well, I mean, same for I you guys. Can... If if you ever go to the Netherlands, just yeah. give me a call. Oh, yeah. Definitely would love to check that out. So I want to go to the Netherlands just to go bike riding on your like bicycle highways and stuff. <laughs> like, oh, you you love it. The things that we don't have here, it's so it's so scary. To I mean, I I still yeah. ride my bike, but it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to be uh in an enclosed. Yeah, do you still have people get hit by bike, get hit by cars on bikes over there, or not as not that often because we have the uh, um um how do you see it. Our streets are, are designed in yeah, a way like that cars have to slow down. Mm. Uh, the, the, the sidewalk continues over the street. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. So they have it. to slow. So yeah, that's it's like a speed. Yeah, the, the, car, the car has to go on a ramp on the sidewalk, oh, yeah. then go cross over and then go on the other road again. Yeah. Okay. We have, they're like speed bumps. We have those. Yeah here yeah. to slow traffic where you're supposed to slow down to maybe 15 miles per hour mm. but um i don't know if you're going on a so... good job you can get some good air oh yeah <laughs> quickly <laughs> but people do they speed around in new york and they they you know if someone's taking too long at the light they speed past them and and so being on a bike can be challenging like um we just had someone who was hit by a bike a few weeks back and it i think it was like Right, like what the car went around another car, and that's how they hit. The oh. Yeah, he was going around somebody else. So yeah. it wasn't like some, like it wasn't like he was avoiding an accident. It was like he just didn't want to wait any longer, and he wanted to go around yeah. this other car, yeah. and he didn't realize there was a bicycle. Got waffled. Oh, we take and, our, and our, our cyclists into account because yeah. there are cyclists everywhere, and you can expect them yeah. from every corner. Yeah. So okay. we know that, and we we take that into account. Yeah. yeah, I think it's different here. People but do your cyclists stop at like do they, yeah, do they stop at like stoplights and stuff? Because yeah, oh, cyclists, you know, you know. well, yeah. they're bikes, yeah, they actually follow the rules of the road. Yeah, but I think it's yeah, and, and but, designed differently, you know. Also, yeah. the traffic has uh, all traffic from the right has right of way. Hmm. You you have to yield for traffic for coming from the right. If it is a okay. car or a bike, that doesn't matter. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so. You're 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 looking for for traffic from the right all the time. On the right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because huh. mm. yeah, in New York City, if you hit somebody like on a bike or in a car, even if they were in the wrong, like you're gonna get in trouble. So, yeah. Yeah. Here as yeah. well, pedestrians yeah. and cyclists are protected that way. Yeah. But what we, oh, it's Vision Zero. We call it. Well, that is our mayor, I think, put that into vision zero is like you can't go above 25 miles per hour in the yeah. city limits. And um, and it's designed to help people because people do get killed uh, walking or riding their bikes. And especially yeah. after he put bike lanes in, I mean, these are some of the good things that he did, you know. Um, he put some protected bike lanes in, which are the ones that I feel good with my son on because there's a barrier away oh, yeah. from the rest of the road, you yeah. know? So a car would have to hit that barrier 
and it's made of cement, you know, like it's not something, but you know, the, those barriers go on and on. And then all of a sudden you're at a corner and there is no barrier and you almost have to go into traffic, which as an adult, I don't mind. I'm always looking, you know, but for mm-hmm. my seven year old, it's, it's scary. Yeah. You know, I, I'll have him right on the sidewalk mm-hmm. instead because it's less chance of, you know, getting hit. Yeah, um, I can't imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And we also, we extended our sidewalks out now from the street. So now they come out and like, uh, so the, oh, pretty much every intersection where there's a crosswalk looks like a P because people oh. like to walk, like they like to lead off like five feet off the curb. So then yeah. they just extended the curb like five feet. And other people <laughs> yeah. So people don't feet. run over the curb, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. people still do a little bit, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's supposed to protect people because people are used to like standing in the gutter, essentially yeah. waiting yeah. for a light. And then if someone makes that right turn, a tight yeah, right turn, and you're standing in the gutter, you're going to yeah. get hit, you know? Not that it's there. I mean, they shouldn't be standing there, but neither should someone not be making a right turn and looking, you know? like Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. just drive. Yeah. You're in like a vehicle that weighs like a half a ton, you know, it's mm-hmm. you look where you're going. So, yeah. um, hmm. so what, uh, when is your next shift? Uh, tomorrow morning from oh. seven to seven. Okay, not too bad. And you're a night shift. guy, right? I know. You're usually a night guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, more like an going? evening night guy. And right How's now, the daylight almost, going for you? I know. Not that good. <laughs> like six days in a row is too much for me. Oh, my gosh. Is that what it is? Six mm. days in a row? No, it's actually eight days now. What? But why is that like overtime? Are you working? I switched the weekend with a coworker, so uh-huh. I could be off uh, at another time. And okay. this was my, uh, they call it reserve week. So the shifts are not filled in up until they get the last minute changes and, and sick leaves or something like that. And I, uh, I thought they would take that into account, but they didn't. Mm. So I just planned okay. days after my sh- shift. Yeah. Uh, so you have to wake up then pretty early tomorrow. You have to be up at uh, five forty-five. Okay. Okay. And right now there, it's almost. It's almost. It's uh, almost. yeah. It's uh, half past five. Oh. Okay. Five thirty. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, seventeen thirty-nine. Eleven thirty here. Yeah. Okay. Do people work multiple places over there, or you just basically work for like one ambulance? Uh, they they tend to do on uh, uh um, how you say it? Yeah, you 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 can apply for a job on an agency that will distribute you throughout the country. Hmm. Okay. But usually they 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 tend to work at one station. Yeah. Okay. So like, let's say like you where you work now, would you get a second job? working in like a different ambulance service because like here like a lot of people work you know two or three or four different places yeah so for like four different companies no except don't you do guys that have thing. that really we have a, a, a we can choose between full contracts part-time contracts so i work a part-time contract now i work 32 hours a week okay uh, and full-time is 36 Okay. That's not wow. such a big difference though. No. That's not bad. Uh, well, it's, 36. it's 
it saves me two days in a month. And okay. when you go look at the, um, the days in a row, then it's, it's a lot of difference. Mm. Okay. Because I'm off that's for three right. days instead of two. Which is nice. Yeah, that, that is yeah. yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and money-wise, it, it does, doesn't make that much difference on the end payroll. Yeah. Hmm. So you're not really losing Julie, I think we need to move. I think we need to go to another one. No, to the Netherlands. We're doing something wrong. (laughs) We're doing something wrong here. You're very welcome. (laughs) I'd love to. I don't know that they would want us. I mean, we'd have to go to quite a bit of schooling to work on an ambulance Mm. over there, you know? We're we're jaded. (laughs) (laughs) We're jaded. Actually, I think you'll manage. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to, you know, I'd love to, I feel like Somewhere the food, the cheese, the, I don't know. Yes, the cheese. Like the cheese. I, I love eating, cheese. I know, I was eating <laughs> I some cheese. Gouda, like, just earlier, <laughs> but, um, oh. yeah, you know, just, mm-hmm. uh, I know. And we're so close to, to other countries, too. Yeah. I mean, I literally That's live on the border. That's lovely. What are you close to now? Who are Germany. you close by to? Yeah, Germany. <gasps> That's our other if I look out of my window, I can see Germany. What? Huh. And that, it's, I've never been, and my family is from Germany, you know, so oh, I'd wow. like to go and, and see and check it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up, like, eating German food, but I've never been to Germany. So, oh. You know. And now I'm a vegetarian, so I don't really eat the way that maybe oh, wow, yeah. eat normally. <laughs> so, you know, but... Uh, Actually, we, a couple of years ago, we drove to Munich to be at the Oktoberfest. Oh, how nice. Oh. That was fun. <sighs> We're talking about a Germany trip next year. That's a far drive. Well, I was telling, I haven't been drinking for almost two years now, and I'm like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> I love beer. <laughs> I, I love beer. And uh, I'm like, all the good beer. When in Rome? <laughs> But how long did it take you to get from where you are to Munich? I mean, that's a pretty fair drive, no? Yeah, that's about nine hours. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's okay. But that's still a nice road trip, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 I think we spent a night in Nuremberg. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for us, uh, I mean, I could, we could drive to Canada from where we are, you know, it's pretty, like, I've done that, and it's, um... I was it's like 12 seven. hours. I think he does it in 12. Oh, wow. Yeah, it depends. I mean, where you're going, like Montreal is not as far. It's maybe seven hours mm-hmm. or eight hours. But, and I could technically drive to Mexico, but that would be like, a, you know, 30 hours. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. um, but mm-hmm. that's it. Like, you know, it's, I feel like yeah. in Europe, you have a lot more choices. Yeah, from where I used to live in Rotterdam, it was a five-hour drive to Paris. Oh, wow. Oh, that's wow. So nice. Yeah, and, and one hour. And you guys drive have like all Belgium. these awesome trains, you know, like you got these great train service. Yeah, you know, so ours are womp womp. So <laughs> yeah, so like if you go out of like the northeast corridor and you go on the trains, it's just it's hit or miss, you know. So our train service is nothing like like it is in Europe. It used to be. Oh yeah, we have I good guess. connections. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like a. Train travel is not as um, it's not, not as, as big as it was, quick. you know, like yeah. maybe yeah. at the early twentieth century. But 
you know, yeah. now people fly. And so trains are a little more challenging. And yeah. uh, I've done like a, a train ride that was supposed to be 24 hours and it ended up being 30. And oh. it was horrifying, you know, <laughs> like, so yeah. I don't know that I would do that again. But in, I mean, I, you know, like I went to England years ago and we rode on the trains mm. a lot, you know, and uh, not just the mm. underground, but like, you know, trains yeah. out of London and into other parts, you know. Oh, yeah. You can do a lot on uh, by train. Yeah. Yeah. But we we did a, a European parts. road trip. Uh, we went from uh, Belgium to France, mm. a round trip France. Then we went to uh, uh, Italy, from Italy to Germany, uh, uh, Bayern. Oh, wow. And then from Germany That's back awesome. to Holland. That is nice. That was really cool. Yeah. <sighs> I love so being like four or five <laughs> countries. <laughs> yeah. So much different trip. culture mm. and yeah, like so many things to see. Mm. So. Like if you come to the United States and you go from like state to state or city to city, it's like a complete different. different. Yeah. Like the, yeah. you know, America is yeah. not very, um, cohesive i guess in that way like it's yeah. it's sort of you know depending where you are in the country it's different kind of culture but um but still you know we all speak the same language and more or less mm. you know so it's a little easy i guess easier yeah yeah we did a few trips in america so that was fun yeah you know yeah, America's yeah. A big. And you, well you know one of the guys from new jersey too your friends with a I yeah the robert wood medic right yeah yeah correct yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a small world, Julianne. This is a super small world. EMS. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. It's nice. And it's all the same. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> you just have cool, you guys just have, you know, nicer organized stuff and <laughs> cooler so, ambulances than ours. Would you? Oh, we've, 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 we tend to think your ambulances are way much cooler. Funny, I know. Like maybe the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Someone else has mm. is better. And, um, mm. But I guess if you were coming on now, you know, for EMS, what would you want to know? Like, what do you think someone who's new to EMS should know, or um, would you have any words for your younger self? Well, yeah, I um, I wrote it down. Um, being able to improvise and being vigorous that's a really important uh, thing i think and always remember that you meet the people in their most uh, vulnerable times and at the most intimate places because we stand in people's bedrooms where even the family doesn't come yeah so that's always something to remember always remember where you are and know your place mm. And I like to say that uh, life is a sexual acquired disease with 100% mortality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. That That's true. Good. That's good advice, I think. It is. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for, ha for coming on. Oh, thanks for yeah. chatting. That was really yeah. fun. I know. And, and giving us your time, you know, I know it's like early evening, late afternoon there, and you're probably getting ready to wind I'm having down. dinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, but yes, thank you for hanging. We're going to have to have you on again. We're going to get like, we're trying to get like a bunch of guys from like all over the place, you know, just to ask questions and chat and with stuff. each other, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Cause nothing's, we're not clinical. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, we like to talk to people, people. So yeah. All right. Um, so let's have to a learn, uh, new people. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All right. Listening to the Rush the Bus podcast. Thanks for staying on for the whole time. And we hope that you subscribe, like, like us, tell your friends, go on Instagram. Yeah. Do all the things. Thanks. Bye.